You're listening to a message from Canby Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. No, 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 I don't. Apparently it was muted. I'm sorry. Well, I guess what the 9 a.m. service will just be the one we post online, guys. Sorry. Hey. Good morning, everybody. Hey, uh, does anyone remember when uh, literally everyone, like when I say literally, I mean like when we were all, everyone was excited about New Year's and it wasn't like dreading what was going to happen in the next year? Uh, um, I loved, and I still do love, so I guess I'd say I love New Year's and I love getting to celebrate New Year's. Um, but I feel like these last couple years, it's just been harder and harder to get excited about New Year's. I saw one of my friends posted online somewhere that if, if anyone says 2022 is going to be my year, that they were going to like find them and tell them not to say anything. Cause we just don't want to any, we don't want to jinx it or we don't want to do anything to happen at all. But I remember as a child being so excited for new years because it was like, you know, I, I, I'm sure we've all experienced it. You get to stay up much later than you normally do. It was one of the few times a year you got to stay up all the way until midnight, uh, that and Christmas, really. And I loved, I just loved the, the excitement of getting to stay up late, getting to ring in something new and change. Cause I, that's kind of who I am. I like change. Um, and even as an adult now, the idea of change in the, in the new year, ex- it's, it's just exciting. It excites me personally, but I know it excites a lot of us. And obviously these past couple years I've had some negative, traumatic experiences and associated with them. Uh, I mean, if we go back to the beginning of when, the, you know, the, we're not, us not looking forward to New Year's as often, back to 2020, which two, almost like, you know, two years ago now, seems like, a de- it seems like it was a lifetime ago, but two years ago now, all this craziness started um, with, if we go back to January 2020, with Australia, like the whole island of Australia on fire, um, and I know a lot of us are like, yeah, just burn all the poisonous snakes, all those spiders, get them out of there, and we'll leave the beautiful, Australia. but the whole island was on fire, and then a month later, um, we, Kobe Bryant dies in a plane crash, or not plane crash, sorry, a helicopter crash, and I remember uh, when it happened, uh, we were working at our, our last church in Sunnyside, and one of my students ran up to me with his phone right after service and shoved it in my face like, have you seen this? And I remember being just like, that's a lie, and walked away. And then I felt really, really bad afterwards because it was a lie. And I, but I remember being like, dude, that's, don't, don't feed into like false news like that. There's no way that, there's no way that that's actually true that it actually happened. And then in March, just a month after that, like COVID let us know just how serious and how, how, how much it meant like biz, like serious business to the whole world. And since then, it's been much more difficult to have hope for the future to get better. It's been much harder to have hope. And I'll say this, especially for, and I, when I think about this, I think about anyone who doesn't have the kind of hope in Jesus that some of us might have. Imagine, it must be so hard to have hope for the future right now. And I, I want to encourage us to see the good in the midst of just the awful. Uh, or to add the aspect of better in the, in, the, uh, in the presence of good, in the midst of good. And I wanted to share a few things happened with my family last year. Something we like to do is thank God for a lot of the good that happened the year before when we celebrate New Year's. And honestly, uh, my year wasn't that bad. And I know you're going to be like, well, good for you, Ryan. Sorry. Um, my year was pretty great because on it, I'll just share a few. I turned 30. That when the moment was like kind of a traumatic experience for me. I was really not looking forward to being 30. 
but my wife told me and showed me just how good it was, and I love now. I'm okay with them, the fact that I'm 30, but I'm not in my 20s anymore. Um, our daughter Shauna was born, which was amazing, obviously. Uh, she's almost six months now because she was born in July. She's almost crawling. She does like the army crawl weird thing where she gets on her knees, and then she just kind of falls on her face. But she moved a few inches forward, and then she does it again until she gets the, like the toy she wants or whatever it is she's wanting. At Liam's dangling in front of her at the moment. Um, we sold our house in Clackamas. We actually finally we bought a house here in Canby, so we're officially what do we call ourselves? Cambianites. Cambians. Cambians. Not not so Cambianites. We're officially Cambianites. We moved in actually starting thir- this last Thursday night, and then all day Friday. Uh, and yesterday, so we're moved in, we're officially Cambi Nights, Cambi Folk, Cambi Nights. Uh, and it's been so, we love it. Honestly, we're, um, we're here in Cambi now. And then also we ended our year, um, we were blessed to just be able to take a little bit of money from selling our house. And we took our kids to Disneyland, which I had never been. Um, it was an amazing experience. Uh, Liam obviously had never been, and obviously Shauna had not either. <coughs> and Liam had the time of his life. We, he got to see everything. I think the best moment was we were watching the parade happen, and Buzz Lightyear was going by, and he literally, he just says, Buzz, it's me, Liam, over here. <laughs> and, uh, like, that kind of excitement was just so fun to see. <clears throat> but depending, excuse me, <clears throat> on our personality and our, our temperament and our um, who we are, some of us may love hearing about all these new changes or love, we may love the aspect of change. Because we thrive on it. Maybe you've, you've grown bored with how things are and you're just ready for something new. Or maybe for some others, this may be completely like just so stressful for you and it stresses you out. And you may feel overwhelmed or, and even fearful as you move into the new year and the unknown of this new year. Whether you love change or hate it or whether you thrive on change or you're fearful of it, I want to make one thing really clear this morning. And in a world where so much is changing and Everyone is saying, not just me, and I know I'm young, so I shouldn't be able to say this, but everyone's saying, like, things are changing at such an exponential rate, much faster than they ever have in, like, human history. The fact that we get a new smartphone that, like, has new features every year now uh, is always crazy. I always, like, check out the new iPhone, and I'm just thinking, oh, great, the camera's a little bit better. Do I have to spend $600 on it? Yes, I do. Um, I don't actually do the full price thing. We always do the trade-ins. I don't know. That's too much information. You don't need to know that. Anyways, it is important to know this one thing, not, not, my, not my smartphone habits, is this, is that the gospel has not changed. As we jump into the new year, I can guarantee that a lot more things will continue to change, especially for me. Some of, some of this will be good, some of them will be awful, some will be hard. But amid all of the changes and the craziness in our world, the gospel remains the same. And that is something we can always count on. As we start this new year, it's important to begin to wrap our minds around that. As we concentrate on new and change and different, better, hopefully. But we can always stand on the fact that the gospel has not changed. And I'm not going to stand up here this morning and pretend or think that what I'm saying, I have to say this morning is new information for all of us or for any of us. But I am going to stand up here this morning <clears throat> and make sure that we all either know for sure or remember that in a world of change, God and his story has not. So be challenged to relook <clears throat> at this incredible, unchanging, beautiful story, this beautiful gospel, not as an aspect or like a theory or a theological concept, but for what it really is. 
as we begin to understand and live out the truth of the gospel, I believe literally it can change our lives, our hearts, our minds, and our relationships. Um, so we're going to be looking at the book of Galatians this morning. We're actually not going to open one of the four gospels. We'll just open Galatians. <clears throat> and Paul's writing to the church there, and he addresses how they have let the gospel change. And if you look at even just, just opening up the first chapter of Galatians, we see that Paul, he does a nice, you know, loving, caring greeting for them, <clears throat> like he does in every letter, kind of like I did for my sermon here. We just introed it, we talked a little bit, and then we get into it. Paul really gets into it with the Galatians. If you turn there, we'll just start in chapter 1, we'll read verses 1 through 9, and you'll see he's really nice, and then he really just goes after them. Rightfully so, though. He says, Paul, an apostle sent from not from men or by a man, but by Jesus and God the Father, who raised them from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me. So he's letting them know, you know, remember, reminding them his authority. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory and forever and ever. Amen. And then this is where he just really, he gets into the good stuff. I am astonished. That you so quickly are deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. He uses that word, different gospel. Which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, he's going to say it twice. And so now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than the one um, that you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And amen to God's word and how terrifying that is. But at the very beginning of this letter, Paul <coughs> talks about the gospel. And what the word, the, the gospel actually means is just the good news. If you look at the Greek, I'm sure you've heard Ron say it before because he loves the Greek. Um, the word means, just, the word gospel literally means, translates to good news. And try, church, just take a second and remember the last time you received, like, just some really, not like, hey, you, uh, your gas was free today, like, but, like, some really good news. Actually, gas being free today would be really good news because it's expensive. But some really, really, really good news. And how you felt, what are the emotions you were feeling, what was going through your mind, um, what did your, how did your body react, you know, like, what did you do, what did you do with your hands? I always think about, because I'm a very, like, emotional, like, hands expression person, whenever I react to something, I'm always thinking about, what did I do with my hands? But did you, you got excited, right? You began to, to celebrate, and you wanted to share that with your friends and family. I remember when we got the offer accepted on the house that we ended up buying, I, I called my dad, and Sabrina called her dad, and we, we texted family, and I think I even, like, texted Ron and Mark, too, and Chris, other people on staff, like, we got a house. I was excited. I wanted to share that news with other people. I wanted other people to be excited with me. And this is why, church, the gospel is called the good news, because this is the response. This is the emotional reaction that should be expected about how excited we should be about the gospel. It's called the good news because it, it should give us this kind of feeling and this kind of reaction when we think about it, when we talk about it. It's exciting. It's not boring. Galatians 1.4, he says he, he actually gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. I love that part. This is the big picture of the story of God, church, that his love for his broken people. 
And this is why I love that we're doing that, the gospel and the Old Testament, the story. Uh, Mark, Pastor Mark has explained it a lot about as a 30,000 foot look, like down on the whole story of the plan of redemption of Jesus and God. And how from the beginning in Genesis 1 and Genesis 3 in the fall, all the way through the Old Testament, into the New Testament through Revelation, you can just see God's fingerprints at work and the way he's working and his plan in motion and the wheels spinning and how the Old Testament points to the new and how everything in the Old Testament was setting up the coming of Jesus. And how the gospel, even in the Old Testament where the, go- like the four gospels aren't even present, how, how present the gospel is in the Old Testament. And I love, I love that. I'm excited for our students to go through and to get that, that understanding. And church, and this, and this is why we're doing this, because Christians, and, any, and really anyone, but Christians especially, still need the unchanging gospel. <clears throat> the gospel is more than a one-time prayer we pray to be forgiven of our sin and go, go to heaven when we die. Sorry. It's a whole new way to relate to God, other people, the world around us, <clears throat> by looking to Jesus and trusting him with our day-to-day lives. And so this morning we're going to look at just, we're going to tackle three ways we can make uh, the, more, the gospel more serious and take it more seriously in this new year. Um, so taking steps like these will help us not fall into other gospels like the Galatians did. You know, we're not going to get a really angry letter from, from someone saying, you foolish Cambyite, Cambyanites, who's bewitched you? Like that's what Paul literally says to the, the Galatians at one point. You foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? Like who came to you and told you these things? We're not going to get an angry letter like that. We're going to be able to stand firm and say, hey, we know what we're doing. And the first is this. Um, if you want to, we want to kind of be able to move into the new year and not get confused or not be drawn away of other things is to obviously to study the gospel. And this is the first one. Uh, if you're taking notes, write these down. Or if you have really good memory, just really put this to memory. Study the gospel. There are lots of ways to do this, obviously, but the best way is to just like just literally read it. Uh, but the first four books of the New Testament, like the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you haven't started your Through the Bible in One Year reading plan on the Bible app yet, um, do this instead. Just read one of the Gospels. Get into it. Get into the story of Jesus. Know it through and through. Study it. Read it. And, like, here's some, here's some fun ways to do it. Start reading one of them. Uh, or if you're an auditory, per- like an auditory learner, listen to it. The Bible app will literally read it to you, and you can pick funny different languages to listen into, not languages, but voices to listen into. Mine's an Australian guy. I don't know what it is about those ac- an Australian accent, but it's so entertaining to listen to. Take some notes. Don't, don't read it, and then walk away. Take some notes. Write down some questions you might have. Go through the Bible or maybe part of the, God, the Bible, one of the Gospels with a friend or a coworker. Read a commentary on it. They can be dry, but they're full of lots of good stuff. If we want to know the unchanging gospel and be able to build our lives on it, like Ron was talking about earlier this morning, we have to be able to like, t- take the time to study it and, and like really, really know it, okay? Really know it. Not understanding the true gospel of Jesus can cause us to get stuck in something else like the Galatians did. If we don't take the time to study it, and really know what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what Jesus was asking us to do. We can get, we can get stuck, or we can move to the left or the right a little bit. And one of the ways we can do that, and I'm going to kind of give you guys some different gospels that either the world, world has presented or things that we can kind of be pulled away from, the true gospel in, uh, this morning. And the first one would be this, is the good works gospel. 
And the good works gospel, gospel says that you should work hard, do good, be religious. And it pictures God as this merciless taskmaster, taskmaster sorry, who's always yelling and screaming for more. Like, I want you to do more. You have to do more. You have to do this, 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 all these things, and then you'll be saved. You need to do all these things. The hope of this gospel is that if we work hard enough, then maybe we'll be good enough for God, and one day he will accept us and allow us to be saved and spend eternity with him in heaven. But this is just not the case, right? While some of us may have asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins, we are now bringing him into present daily, no, sorry, we're now bringing him into the present reality of our daily life, and instead of looking to Jesus for how to live our lives now, we may be looking to ourselves to navigate life on our own apart from God. We think we have to do all these things to look good, act good, feel good, and put this good representation of Jesus in the world when really Jesus just said, hey, love God and love people. You know, in Romans it says, believe in your heart and confess in your mouth. It doesn't say believe in your heart and confess in your mouth and then make sure you do a, like 10 good deeds a day. And then also you, if you don't read your Bible, you're not a Christian. And also if you don't, if you have to do this, there's no extra stuff. It's believe. There's no works attached to salvation. We hope uh, that if we're good enough Christians and we work hard enough to become religious enough that God may accept us and just give us that peace and that satisfaction, and that acceptance. But Ephesians 2 tells us that it is by grace we have been saved, not by works. And it goes on to say, so that no one can boast. Because not a single one of us is going to be able to stand before God or other, others in eternity and be able to say, I earned my spot here. I earned it here. I, did my, I put in the work, I put in the hard work, and I earned it. We're all going to be there saying, my goodness, Thank God for Jesus, or else none of us would be here. None of us will be able to say we earned it. Instead, the gospel helps us see that none of us can live up to the, that standard Jesus set. We can't. It has to be done through the sacrifice of Jesus. There is no other way, church. This is the way. And the second one this morning would be this. Uh, it's important to remember to savor the gospel. And yes, all the words are S words today. I thought that was fun. I don't normally do this, but I had a lot of fun writing this sermon. So savor the gospel. And this is actually my favorite point of the morning. I don't know if, you're allowed, if we're allowed to pick favorite points in sermons, but I'm doing it. Uh, savor the gospel. And so beyond studying it, we need to take the time to savor it, to enjoy it. And I'm going to say it like this, and to chew on it. Does anyone here just like love food? Food, thankfully, is like just really good. Or like, just, I love food so much. The other night, Sabrina and I had just moved into our home, and we were still hungry, and I don't know, but we, were, we had some unhealthy eating habits sometimes at night after our kids were asleep. Then we get out all the stuff that they ask for all day that we say no to. It's like we made a couple cookies. We had, like, some tater tots and then, like, something else. Like, I eat, a, like, a cold slice of pizza. Don't, don't diss. Uh, see, I hear some of you guys saying tater tots. They're delicious. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> I love food, and I, I'll say I love flavor, and I love to just like, sa I love to savor food. I love to savor it. Uh, think about how, we, how we, we savor food like a steak. And if you're not a meat person, then maybe just consider like the best salad. See, but it doesn't compare, but the best salad. But here's the deal. There's a place, there's a pizza place my family grew up going to in Oregon City called Jimio's. 
and it has like this very expansive salad bar. And whenever we would make, I would make a salad from there, it looked like a nacho because it's so big. Like if that's you, like just picture that kind of a salad while I'm talking about steak for a second. But it's like a steak that has been like cooked to perfection. It's not too chewy. It's full of flavor. It's paired with like perfect like side dishes. Like I am a mashed potatoes person. I like mashed potatoes, my steak, some vegetables. And it's, it's all one, like this, this thing that you look at and your mouth starts to water when you get set in front of you. All of you guys are like, Ryan, it's almost lunchtime. Stop. I know. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. Sorry. I have to stop. What if we savor the gospel, though, the way we savored the most delicious food? What if we treated reading the, the word like an experience instead of a chore? What if we were excited to sit down wherever you, wherever you read the Bible or wherever you engage with God, and what if you sat down excited to have it set in front of you and experience it and take advantage of it and just be able to experience all the flavors or the stories or the things that come with it? Um, if I ever give my dog food, though, she does not, I'll say, she, she devours it in less than like a second. She doesn't understand how to savor food. We have an Australian shepherd. She's two years old. And there's no time to save it for her. She just like, it's almost like, even if it's piping hot, like I'll give it to her, and she just swallows it. Doesn't even, she, she has, she takes no time to enjoy it. No time to enjoy it. There's, there's nothing, for her, if I'm giving her something to eat, like usually it's chicken, she will like gobble it up and she'll look at me like I'm ready for another one. And that's good, but she had no time to really enjoy it. And church, this is no way to treat God's word. This is no way to treat the word of God, to just swallow it, to pick it up, swallow it, put it back down and walk away without taking any time to really enjoy it. Colossians 3.16 says, said, says, um, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing hymns and psalms of thankfulness. S- savor this, the gospel. Savor the, savor the God's love story, church. It's because of the gospel that we have this, the reason to sing and praise. Explore the depth of the gospel as you apply the truth to the, of the gospel to every aspect of our lives. Savoring the gospel could help us stay away from just like another, one, another one of these versions of the gospel that we can kind of get confused and think that we're des- we deserve or that it's owed to us. And that is the happiness gospel. And this belief says that the gospel is all about me, my wants, my needs, my happiness. And it pictures God as a genie in a bottle whose main goal in life is to grant us um, our wishes, give us all the money we want, all the stuff we want, or all the success that we want. In this gospel, there's not a place for hardship or suffering. There's no room for it because it doesn't make us happy. The gospel is supposed to make us happy. And, but this makes telling the story and the power behind the cross very difficult. This makes the story of Jesus all about what we can get instead of what we can give. Jesus said, I didn't come, I, it's not the healthy need who need a doctor, it's the sick. I didn't come to serve, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. We are, we, are, we are now stuck here in all of our prayers. We, or we know we're stuck here if in our prayers, if they all sound like what we can get or what we need or what we want from God instead of what we can give and what we can to help others experience about God and how we can bless others. And I'm not saying praying about yourself 
You should, you, you should go home today and never say a single prayer of things that you need ever again. But what I'm saying is maybe take this week and really look at your prayer life and see what comes up most frequently. Is it what you need or is it what you feel like other, how God can help bless others or how God can use you to bless others? Take an evaluation of your prayer life or your life with the Lord. Is it all about you or is it about others? Unfortunately, there are many things in this world that can bring us happiness. And because God, God created this world that way. He made it to be good for us. He wanted to bless us. But this world does not fully bring us happiness or something that the Lord can bring, which is joy. And there's a large difference between happiness and joy because happiness can be taken by this world just as easily it can be given by this world. But the joy of the Lord cannot. Because the, the, the world doesn't give us the joy of the Lord. The Lord does. And actually in John chapter, I got it wrong last service, so 16. Last service I said 18 because I, I thought of an even number. But John chapter, John chapter 16 says this. He's talking to his disciples about how he has to go. He's about to go, um, and he's trying to encourage them and, and build them up. And he says, a woman giving birth uh, to a child it has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born in the world. So with you, now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. And Jesus is promising them that they're going to see him again. And even I, you can read into, on top of that that the Holy Spirit's going to come, and that there's not going to be anything in this world that can take away our joy that the Lord can give to us. And this is true. Actually, this is true. So when my wife gave birth to our first son, our only son, I guess, sorry, our first child, um, she, we, it was a 36-hour labor process. It was, your, it was very long and extensive. So I remember all of it because I was, the entire time I was on the edge of my seat, like, waiting for my son to be born. Like, I'm so excited, but I'm also really sad for you right now, but I'm excited. It's a weird feeling as a dad. Um, and I remember, so after we had Liam and a few years had passed by and we were talking about we wanted another child, Sabrina asked me, what was it like? I don't really even remember, like, giving birth to Liam. I don't even remember, like, the, that day and a half. And I, I literally looked at her and I was like, how could you not remember all 36 hours? It was terrible, wasn't it? And she goes, like, I just, I block, I, I can't remember it. And so we actually looked it up, and it's a medical thing that women forget the pain and experience of labor um, so that they'll be up for actually having another one. Because <laughs> I think if all women remembered it, I didn't, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to it, obviously. But I watched my wife go through it, and I, can, I, I understand, I would understand any woman having one and be like, that's it, I'm done. But women, it says that their minds actually block it from them or they forget it very easily so that they actually would be up for having another one. And Jesus, in this verse, he's saying, like, you know, all this stuff might happen to you, but it's nothing compared to the, the joy of the Lord that can't be taken from you. It's nothing compared to the baby coming into the world for a woman. And once we have, so once we have taken time to, to really study the gospel and then savor it, the last thing, the, the only real thing we have left to do is just in this year is to share it, to share the gospel. And the gospel was never uh, intended for just you and I or just me or just you. It was never intended to stay in the, within the walls of this church or a church or a home. The gospel is meant to be shared to the ends of the earth, and we all have a part in that. I believe that 2022 can be uh, a year where, like, the church just returns in a very powerful way. I know COVID and Limiting numbers and limited attendance, especially at the beginning of COVID, was hard for a lot of churches. And I, I, I worked at a church through it, and it was difficult. 
especially when we started the youth group back up, we started meeting in person again, and we found that our youth group was growing beyond the legal amount of people allowed in a room, and we had to get clever on how we split people up to, like, actually still allow students to come and be around other students without having too many in one space and, fr like, frankly, breaking the law. And it was such a weird thing to think about and, like, and, and process but it's up to the, his church to make this happen. Like, I think that 2022 can be a strong year where the church says, hey, we are going to share the gospel. We're going to take time to study it. We're going to savor it. And especially here at Camden Square, we're going to share it. We're going to be in our community. We're going to be, we're going to let people know. It's, we're not going to just walk by our neighbors and say, hey, how are you doing anymore? We're going to engage in relationship. We're going to engage in sharing the gospel, not just how we talk, but how we act. And see, in Galatians, Paul is, was saying there's no other gospel. There's no other gospel because Jesus' church is enough. We don't need all the extra things. We don't need to have to work hard. We don't need happiness compared to God. Jesus is enough. We have responsibility to be sharing the gospel with our family, our friends, our teammates, work, anyone we encounter. Because Paul goes on to say in Galatians, in chapter 2, verse 20, he says this, church, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And this life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Paul is calling, he was calling them, and he's calling us to this crucified lifestyle, where we no longer live for ourselves, but instead we live for others. And their salvation, and, and the salvation of the Lord, it's not about us anymore, it's all about what we can do for, for people. And when we strive to live this out, Lastly, we can keep our minds safe from the, the ticket to heaven gospel. This one is dangerous because this reduces the gospel to a one-time decision that someone has made, maybe as a child, maybe even as an adult. <clears throat> and the idea is that once we make the choice, we have our ticket to heaven, we don't really need God, the God or the gospel anymore. And after that initial decision, we, we, you can no longer have to want, sorry, you can live however you want. There is not really a need for God or the gospel once you have your ticket to heaven. It's like living uh, life much like someone who doesn't believe in God. Because once your ticket is punched, what's the need? He's enough. Not only to cover our past sins, but our, our future eternity. And it's such an amazing concept to think about. He's already covered our entire past. And for me, yeah, that's like now 30 years have passed. For some of you, it might be less. Some of you might be more. And, but for all of us, no matter how old you are, no matter where you're at in life, he's already covered all of our eternity into like the vast expanse of eternity, which we can't comprehend. He's covered it. And, and our present life today. This means that even on our worst days, when we feel awful, we feel like we've messed up in a really big way, God can't and won't, or not that he can't, he just won't love us any less than he does right now. And on the other side, on our best days, when we feel like we've done everything right, and we've like, we've had the best day, God won't, God doesn't love us any more than he does right now, because his love is perfect. It's not about, church, our performance. It's about God's grace and mercy and love. It's not about our happiness. It's not. It's about, the. it's about, a lasting joy. And lastly, it's not about getting to heaven, though that's a cool perk. It's about getting everyone to heaven with us. 
That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of the story of Jesus and the story of the Bible. And not just at the start of Christianity, but for the rest of our lives. It's about God's perfect love. And looking to Jesus and the power of the gospel to overcome sin and temptation and to fill God's purpose for our, our lives, church. Honestly, in times when we feel like we're not good enough, smart enough, or like spiritual enough, or religious enough, I don't know. Remember that in the gospel, Jesus said, I am enough. I am enough. Imagine what would happen if we really began to live our lives this way by faith. And this is way, again, this is so much easier to say than actually to go out these doors and do. Imagine, though, what, if, what happened if we allowed Jesus to live, his, like, to live his life through us daily. I wonder how that would change the world and change our lives and the people around us. And as we wrap up today, I know that this can seem overwhelming. I know uh, about the pace and the change of the world and we live in our lives, especially as we think about this new year. In a world where so much is changing, or actually kind of right now, it's kind of like, well, we kind of expected COVID to still be COVID this year, and it is. Maybe some things are staying the same, and that's the problem. We can remember this truth, that the gospel has not changed. And it may be a new year, but it's the same gospel, and that's the good news for all of us. That no matter what this year does end up throwing at us, hopefully no one we love, like Kobe, is gone, you know, where were you when COVID? No, I'm just kidding. That was a bad analogy, sorry. Hopefully nothing extra crazy happens this year, but when it does, or if it does, the gospel church is still here. Nothing's going to change it. Nothing has changed it. Nothing will change it. There's only one true gospel, and it's for everyone. Church, know the gospel. Know the power of the love of God. Do not be like the foolish Galatians. Know the gospel so when something comes along that seems suspect, that seems kind of fishy, we will know. We will know. And as I close, I would like to take an opportunity. I want to pray this morning. But I, I want to ask everyone to, if you would, bow your heads. And I'm not going to ask anyone to raise your hands or do anything crazy. But I would love everyone to bow your heads and take a moment and think about this for a second. Maybe this morning what I've been talking about is right where you are at. Maybe you need more of the gospel of Jesus, that true, unchanging gospel of Jesus. Maybe you just, you need more of it, and you need to remind yourself to be called back to that, being in it, studying it, savoring it, sharing it. We're going to be praying this morning, and when we conclude, I, if that's you, or if you're, if you're saying, I need to choose the gospel today because I'm not confident I ever fully have. If that's you, I'm gonna, I want to pray for all this morning, but if that's you, I want you to just do one thing. Will you tell someone about that? If you said, I need it, I need to recommit to this year and the vision and the dedication and the declaration of saying, I'm going to be more about the story of God this year. Will you tell someone so we can go all the way back to the beginning because the gospel church is good news and we want to celebrate people living that way. We want to celebrate us making that choice. We want to celebrate what God's doing in our lives. Will you tell someone and ask them to celebrate that with you? Share that kind of good news. Help others, let others be excited with you. As we pray this morning, Lord, we pray over this year. Lord, we pray that this, this year in 2022 be the year of your church. Lord, we pray that it be a year where not just can be forced here, but your, your church across the world would see your Holy Spirit um, 
changing lives, Lord, that we would see what we would be able to see what you're doing and be a part of it. Lord, help us as your church to be in the word this year. Make prioritize, help us to prioritize knowing what your word says, knowing what your living, breathing word says, studying it, beginning to savor it and love it and be excited when it's in front of us so we can go out and share that good news, be excited about the good news with others. I pray that this year is a year where we, we, we partner with you like we never have before. And help this church, not, don't just bless this church, but Lord, help this church to be a part of what Canby is doing and loving our community, loving people, and just being all about your story. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbyfoursquare.com.